0: everybody. Welcome to Good to Know Shreveport, Bossier. This is a podcast that showcases the good things happening around our community. My name is Jeff for This is uh, my trusty cohort and co-host, Paul Reeser. He's the former president of the Reeser Group, and sonic management company. He's a member of the Committee of 100, or he's a board member. And every week we focus on economic development, community growth, and Other topics about initiatives having positive impacts around our community. We'll have new episodes every other Wednesday, and you can find good to know wherever you listen to podcasts. And Paul, our special guest today, as always, do the honors.
1: Well, uh, everyone knows out, you know, east side of town, there is this big, beautiful, really sci fi looking building, the Cyber Innovation Center. You know, I'm like, that is cool. What is it? I don't know. I know there's really smart people in there and they're doing a lot of cybersecurity and it's important for the region, but what really happens in there? So today we have one of those super smart guys that's inside there. The vice president uh, from the Cyber Innovation Center. Hey, Kevin Knowlton
2: welcome to the podcast man thanks i'm so glad to be here and get to talk about some of the things that's going on at the cyber innovation center yeah it's good
0: to be here i was wondering if you're ever going to get actually get around to introducing you well
1: you know anticipation you know we got to let people know (laughs) no but it is a beautiful building it's super cool sci-fi looking but what is going on? And so, how did you become vice president? I know you're. If I do get a hold of Kevin Spawn, I mean, wait, wait, wait. Craig Let's start Spahn. with
0: us. What is the Cyber Innovation, yeah, Innovation Center? There's and a what lot of questions. There?
2: Yeah, that that is always a million dollar question when it comes to what is that spacey looking building off right. of I-20 over in Bozier, and and what I like to say is that the Cyber Innovation Center ultimately is an Workforce and economic development engine for our community, and supporting our community and the industries in our community around cyber, cybersecurity, and national security. And you're positioning our
0: Shreveport as being positioned as really a, a hub for cyber innovation, right?
2: Cybersecurity. We love calling the I-20 corridor the cyber corridor. Yeah. When we yeah. talk about the economic base in our community. We are working very hard to transform an economy that is typically cyclical, whether it's oil and gas or agriculture uh, or you know, other industries that we have in our community. Mm-hmm. So most the times they're cyclical. We want to level set the economic base here. We want to create a knowledge-based workforce that's around cyber. And, and I could go into more details of how we've succeeded over the last 15 years. But we in northern Louisiana are being touted across the country as the cyber corridor of the South.
1: Yeah. Well, that, the whole thing is called the, the, uh, the, the National Cyber Research Park and uh, you're kind of the the anchor tenant of that park. So how does the the park work together and what makes you the anchor tenant?
2: So we have currently 64 acres that, with the completion of our newest building, will complete that 64 (laughs) acres of land. We have the CIC, which is the anchor, We've got General Dynamics, we've got the BIBC and Louisiana Tech Academic Success Center, and then the building that is being currently built is the Louisiana Tech Research Institute. So that 64 acres is a small piece of a 2,500-acre economic overlay district that is specifically zoned for industry, park, Uh, cybersecurity, technology industry, and research uh, park development. When you say General
0: Dynamics, you got my attention because we all know those guys are into military defense and all that stuff, right?
2: Correct. General Dynamics is a huge asset in our community. General Dynamics currently has 1,500 cyber-based jobs. And what they are doing in General Dynamics is providing IT support services for the federal government. It is so important that the work that General Dynamics is doing to our community is we're bringing those high-tech, high-paying jobs into our own backyard, which Mm -hmm. infuses our economic base here. And you said you're in partnership with Louisiana Tech. Is Louisiana Tech kind of
1: a a feeder program to bring, you know, engineers directly to the Cyber Innovation Center?
2: Definitely. We build out what we call a K-20 program, where we start out at the elementary, middle, and high schools. Get them young. Get them young. (laughs) I like it. Research shows that students are making informed decisions as to what they want to be when they grow up at the fourth grade level. Really? Mm -hmm. Think about that. I, I, well, I, I'm trying to. It was a long time ago. <laughs> I mean, no way was I thinking like that. You know, I'm nearly 40 years old, and I still don't know exactly what I want to be when I grow up. Right, yeah. and, and so, students are making those informed decisions now. And so, the CIC, through our education efforts, are focused on ensuring that teachers are equipped with teaching cybersecurity, mm-hmm. that they understand what opportunities are at Bossier Parish Community College, Louisiana Tech University, at Grambling State University, mm-hmm. such that they go from high school into one of those programs, and then they turn around, and they're coming back to our community, right? and work for companies like General Dynamics or the CIC. We're hiring those individuals. How long has this been
0: in operation out there? I mean, I've been around here about seven, eight years, and I've heard about it ever since I've been here.
2: So the CIC's been in existence for 15 years now, 15. and that building came out of the ground about 11 years ago.
0: Okay. I'm, I'm just wondering, you know, how long you t- You're talking about leveling off the economy with yeah. what you want to create there. How long does that take? It's so been, been going 15 years. I imagine it's going to take a little bit more.
2: Right. Rome wasn't built overnight. Right. However, we've
0: started seeing... <laughs> However, it was destroyed overnight. But it was destroyed <laughs> overnight.
2: <laughs> exactly. So <laughs> we've started seeing some really early successes. We did an economic uh, impact study back in 2020. And we see now that there are over 2,100 cybersecurity jobs in our community. That now exceeds the oil and gas industry, the agriculture industry, banking and finance industry, manufacturing and durable goods industry. All of those. We exceed those industry bases in our community right now. The number of employees or just volume of of business going through? The number of employees. The number number of employees. employees. We now have, as of 2020, Mm -hmm. $148.2 in annual household earnings. Uh, around the technology sector. And that to me is an indicator that these are high paying jobs, Mm -hmm. but the 2100 uh, job number is now knocking at the door at the healthcare industry uh, in our community. And my projections with the growth of General Dynamics, the growth of the programs at the CIC, is that we will surpass in 2022 the healthcare industry with cybersecurity jobs in our community. Wow. That's
0: pretty impressive. I would, don't, don't, isn't there some overlap though? I mean, you mentioned healthcare industry a couple times, I imagine folks that go through your program, go to the healthcare industry or go to other related industries. Yeah.
2: I, I've always told folks that cybersecurity is everything. Mm-hmm. Cybersecurity, you know the word cyber mm-hmm. my definition of cyber is the connectivity of things i look at the studio that we're in and this is a cyber industry because of you know Well, i feel
0: important right. so, <laughs> well, so the I feel of already yeah. well I feel smart already
2: i will say the overlap also
1: you know i had some sonics we talked about yeah. right. every sonic has a menu with a computer in it that that reads a credit card reads, reads a credit and card. man we spend so much money on cyber security to protect that information so even in the fast food business jeff Flippin' Burgers is cyber-flippin' Burgers.
2: Right,
0: and, and the <clears> vulnerable... yeah, nothing to say.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the vulnerabilities that exist- But in, th- it is everywhere. That in those points of sale, in the vulnerabilities as we connect and communicate over cell phones, those vulnerabilities as we communicate over emails, those are the weakest points. Right. And if we do not teach students at an early age how to live, work, and play in this digital age that we're mm-hmm. in, we're going to falter as a country because well, we of the will. vulnerabilities. Well, we're relying on it, so you live by it, you die by it. That's exactly right.
1: Well, you talk about security. I so. know as a business, we were getting 4 million attacks a year trying to get in to break into our really? system, Sonic Nationwide. So wow. I can't imagine just the mm-hmm. Cyber Innovation Center. How many? How many
2: people are trying to break through those That's walls in a cyber sense? I, those breaks are, are occurring not only in the CIC but mm-hmm. a, across all industry sectors. Right. You can ask the individual who owns a, a flower shop you know yes. on corner of Line Avenue mm-hmm. and uh, 70th Street, mm-hmm. you know, what's the most vulnerable thing that you've seen? and it's individuals that are tinkering with your website. Trying to submit a thousand orders at one time where it burns you down. Mm -hmm. And so most people think cyber attacks are I'm going to go in and I'm going to take something. Mm -hmm. But it's almost acts of terrorism, whereas I'm going to go online if Sonic did online ordering and I'm Mm going to order 10,000 corn dogs, where now your system is so overloaded that it Mm -hmm. shuts down.
1: You're giving them Russian some ideas right now. <laughs> right now, stop it. <laughs> Not my problem anymore, actually. But this, this is, times go well with vodka. I understand. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure. Uh, what doesn't, right, Jeff? The uh, way well, I, don't, I don't know. I have no idea.
0: So what? I mean, you're constantly developing new programs to defeat
2: the cyber terrorists. I guess. Well, what our primary focus is educating the workforce on how to be cyber literate. That okay. that is our primary focus from an education standpoint. We want a economic, I'm sorry, we want a population that understands the vulnerabilities that exist out there. Mm-hmm. And then we want to ensure that that society or our our community is p- going towards degree programs that will lead to cybersecurity jobs. Our mm-hmm. country right now has 700,000 cybersecurity jobs that are unfilled. That we do not have a workforce to fill. That's a little scary. It's scary. And when we talk about a national security vulnerability, that's it. I pull that string a little further, and I say that the greatest threat to national security is our lack of attention to cybersecurity education. Mm. I believe that. That's our greatest threat to our national security. If we do not focus on this now, then 10, 15, 20 years from now, we're in trouble.
0: So there's a constant or there's a cadre of these cyber terrorists that are out there constantly attacking Sonic or attacking yeah, the flower TV shop station, online yeah. now. Just to do it. Just, to,
2: well, just and, to do it.
1: And your phone. I mean, uh, yeah, when it's uh, sure. when I should I accept this? Should I read all those things? Never before I accept it. Never no. the just, answer is never. never. Never, never, so, never. No, you, no, I never, you no, you do, right? I never <laughs> accept an email. My, my poor mother-in-law, she, she'll she send me a screenshot every day. Should I say yes <laughs> to this? Oh, no, yeah. Amazon will not <laughs> cancel you without calling. But, uh, but when it says, you know, read these terms of engagement before
2: you download this app, you that's a read lot it. of re-
1: are you kidding me?
2: <laughs> you better read it. Those terms and conditions are important in that It's giving those apps the authority to sell your data, to give your data away. Mm -hmm. And so I'm not saying don't download apps, don't (laughs) agree to terms and conditions, but be mindful of what you're sharing on those apps. Be mindful Mm -hmm. of what information you're giving away. Don't give your social security number. Don't give your address. Don't give your phone Number, your mother's maiden name, those kinds of things. Uh, see, that's not right. That shouldn't.
0: That shouldn't even be a thing. I mean, in my opinion, <laughs> it shouldn't. I mean, it just shouldn't be a thing. None of that information should ever be for sale. Exactly. By anybody to anybody. An entrepreneurial world that we live in. <laughs> well, I mean, that's just wrong. I mean, big I know data. we live by computers yeah. and all that stuff yeah. now, but I mean, let's, that's wrong. Let's
1: talk a little about, about the physical space. When yeah. you go out to that building, it is remarkable. So you're not only protected uh, through cyber attack, that building itself is a protective, protective yeah. marvel. Just, yeah. just for fun, tell me a little bit about why it has those big spikes on the roof, how it's built with the moat around it, so forth?
2: Yeah, so we always talk about the the secure nature of the cyber Innovation center, and that is because of a requirement to do certain business in that facility, it has to be built to a certain requirement. Mm -hmm. And the parallels that I draw are the World Trade Center, the Oklahoma City uh, bombing building, Mm -hmm. where those buildings were compromised because of acts of terrorism. And so these force protections will allow such events as Oklahoma City and in the New York World Trade Centers not to happen and have the catastrophic effects that Mm -hmm. took place. It will not happen at the CIC. So that building, the way it's designed in its uniqueness allows us to do certain things for the federal government that we can't talk about in public, (laughs) but it's really neat it's really amazing. As someone who was born and raised in this community, born here, raised here, educated here, now work here and live here, raising amazing. a family here. Local boy done did, local good. need get out more, man. <laughs> <laughs> local boy that's, that stayed here. It really makes me proud to say that in our community, we have assets and we are doing work that you only typically will see in bigger cities in the Washington, D.C. areas. That's the design of the CIC and what fun facts I like to share about the CIC. So those spires, the, the spikes yeah. that are coming out. Um, you can talk to Mike McSwain who uh, did the architecture and he had a lot of inspirations. But that uh, the spikes mm-hmm. were for uh, a representation of the crown of the Statue of Liberty. Yeah. So Which was really like, neat to yeah, to mm-hmm. see that perspective. The roof, the way the roof is shaped, mm-hmm. is the same design ratio as the wing of a B fifty two. Okay. And so there there are neat really neat things. Yeah. Now the Louisiana Tech Research Institute, the other building that's being built out there um, what do you guys think that building is, uh, is designed uh, after? It looks like a football stadium. A bulldog? <laughs> a bulldog. A football. It's actually the sand crawler from Star Wars uh, is the design really inspiration on there. So next time you're out there, That's cool. take a look at it and you yeah, will yeah. not get the sand crawler out of your mind. <laughs> That's um, awesome. But there's uniquenesses there mm-hmm. and it allows us <clears throat> to, to do work both from a secure standpoint as well as uh, a public facing standpoint. Well, why did you decide to stay here? Because we talk about that a lot. A lot of our young folks they
1: they get degrees and then they can't find a local job, or what, for whatever reason they might move far away. But you have stayed, uh, so that's yes. exciting for me. What What is it that
2: caused you to decide to stay right here, local? Now, there was a number of factors, and and probably the primary factor was my desire to transform our community my Mm -hmm. desire because of a community that gave so much to me i had a lot of mentors a lot of role models all through high school through college and my time at lsus i got Mm -hmm. my master's and undergrad at Mm lsus those mentors and role models really taught me about loving the community that you're in and i wanted to be a a, an influencer i wanted to be somebody that could make a difference and i knew if Mm -hmm. i went to a big city I was just going to be a small blip on the radar. But mm-hmm. the ability to stay in this community, to be involved in organizations. I'm president of the board of Christian service. I'm involved in the church. I'm community. And mm-hmm. and to have a great job like this, yeah. to me, is is something that I love doing. And many of my classmates are gone. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they were out of here. But I want to build a job, an economic base, mm-hmm. a job base here in the community that future college grads. You definitely have great influence
0: here, here, so well done. You talk about uh, getting to the kids young and uh, getting all the stuff in their heads and getting them educated. How do they take to these programs at that age?
2: It it is really great. And and there's two areas of the CIC that that I'd like to focus on. One is the education side and one is the Air Force side and our relationship with the Air Force. And I, I think this is a great segue to talk about how we educate our students. We got our start in Bossier Parish schools. We're now in schools across the state of Louisiana. In mm-hmm. fact, we're in schools across the country. We have presence. Our education programs are in all 50 states. Wow, interesting. Nice. Uh, we've impacted 3.7 million students. Uh, over nearly 30,000 educators are accessing curriculum, content, and resources that are developed out of the Cyber Innovation Center, and they're teaching them wow. inside the classroom. And so we transform ways concepts are taught. You know, We remember second grade mm-hmm. and there was a subtraction lesson. You know, and, the, and the equation goes like this, Sally has three apples at the house, she has five <laughs> friends coming over. How many apples does Sally need to go out and buy? That's two. Yeah. Yeah. Um, mm. Why are we using Wait. apples? Yeah, <laughs> do we want to do some hands? <laughs> yeah. well, why are we using apples is the question that something I ask. They no. know. It's Maybe. something that they know. Well, why don't we use something that they don't know? And we increase and expand their knowledge. Sally has a computer at the house that has three gigabytes of memory. She has this cool program she wants to run that requires five. How many Mm -hmm. gigabytes does Sally need to add? (laughs) And so what we've done there is we've changed the context in which content is taught. And so, you know, Jeff, if I'm talking to you and I say, you know, the clouds are gray, the sky is blue, the cats uh, cats meow, dogs bark. And Paul comes over and says, Jeff, what's the third law of you know, physics? Uh, 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 <laughs> uh, Newton's apple will fall from his
0: uh, gravity.
2: <laughs> so if I'm inundating you with information, you, you have to focus on one thing or the other. Mm, okay. That replicates a DDoS attack, a digital denial of service attack. And it's like computer memory and your brain's like computer memory. And so we have just drawn a parallel to a concept that will get students interested in technology that will get students interested in cybersecurity. Mm -hmm. And then we create a moment of, you know, mom and dad, what did I learn about at school today? (laughs) I asked my five-year-old when I pick him up from school, what did you learn about? Nothing, I don't learn anything. (laughs) I'm like, I know you learned something. But we create Mm -hmm. a moment where that student can go, mom and dad, I learned what a gigabyte was. I learned Mm -hmm. what computer memory is. I learned about a job in technology that I wanna be. I ask, want to move
1: to Louisiana.
2: I <laughs> want to move to Shreveport, <laughs> Bossier, Come and on. I want to work for the Cyber Innovation Center. So
0: when you were going through early grades, did you know you wanted to get into this stuff? I
2: had no idea. Okay. Uh, I've, I have two business degrees. I started my workforce career as a, a marketing and development for a local school, Into that mm-hmm. tenure as a assistant mm-hmm. principal. Uh, so I've always been in education uh, and have mm-hmm. enjoyed education, but... Uh, technology has always been an interest. It's always been a passion of mine. Mm-hmm. And the ability to now work for a company that's focused on cybersecurity. Mm, that's uh, awesome.
0: So, as the country's kind of in a transition right now, right? I mean, there's a lot of old folks like his mom and my, and me. <laughs> <laughs> that I
1: did are, not know where you were going to go. That
0: are still like, Jeff fight, and I are fight. a
1: bit more mature than you. We're there. fighting
0: this stuff, right? Yeah. We don't want to learn this stuff, or it's difficult, or mm-hmm. we think it's difficult. And then there's guys like you that are up and coming and uh, that's all you do. Yeah. So where does that equilibrium occur, do you think? How do we get to the point where everybody's comfortable?
2: Yeah, I, but that, Jeff, that's that's the point. I think we have to mm-hmm. work to get folks comfortable in this digital age. And, and this is, it's a holistic approach. We have to ensure that we are focusing upstream on our future workforce mm-hmm. at our K-12 schools, but we also have to solve the, the crisis that we have today. You know, when, when our family members call and say, should I click on that email or should yeah. I, you know, give this person my social security number? It's absolutely not. And so we have to, as a society, think about what are we doing to get information about being cyber literate, about being protective. Mm-hmm. We have to translate the will you share your toothbrush conversation to will you share your password conversation? And and we have to translate that to, to our society, young mm-hmm. and old, and, and everybody in between.
0: That's interesting ways to look at that stuff. Yeah. So yeah. so what's next for you guys in your never-ending battle to get the country educated in all of this?
2: Well, we're about to make a, an announcement uh, on November 7th that, to me, transforms What cybersecurity education is going to be inside the classroom, both for Louisiana students and for the country? And think about your high school chemistry class. You Mm -hmm. had the classroom, Mm -hmm. and then you went into a lab, Mm
0: -hmm.
2: and you blew things up. (laughs) Yeah, let me say that I blew things up.
0: (laughs) I just (laughs) set them on fire. Yeah.
2: Yeah. What is this and what is that? Yeah. What do we do for cybersecurity? We don't have that lab environment that allows Mm -hmm. a student to take the concepts about malware, about viruses, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. those concepts, and we don't have a safe environment for those students to test. We don't want those students going on to the school network and putting viruses and and malware on there. Mm -hmm. And so we are going to be launching an initiative. It's called a Cyber Range, the cyber.org cyber range. And this is gonna be a sandbox environment that will be available to every K-12 student in the country. Wow Wow for free. So they can just go in and play. So more or less. they go on the internet, they log on to a secure server and then they launch of two virtual machines, basically two computers mm-hmm. computer one and computer two. and they put a piece of malware on computer one and they send it over to computer 2 and they see how, it affects computer That's that, 2. This is
0: actually very cool. That's really cool. Yeah.
2: And then, from a defensive standpoint, how do you remove that piece of malware? How do you protect mm-hmm. your yeah. information that is on computer 2? Wow. And so, computer 1 and computer 2 are those sandboxes that students yeah. can go in and play. And when they end their class, when they end their session, they close it out, nothing is harmed, mm-hmm. everything is what protected. A great, that is a great idea. Yeah. Yeah. And so, this has been a... a uh, an opportunity that's been made available to us by the state of Louisiana and the Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency. Well, that's now, how you learn, right? That's how you learn by doing. By doing, you know. Yeah. And it's you know, as an you know educator, it's a I do, we do, you do. Mm-hmm. I'm going to show you. Well, then we're going to do it together, mm-hmm. and then you're going to do it. This mm-hmm. is how we begin creating a culture that's comfortable mm-hmm. protecting themselves from. Mm-hmm. The bad actors in our country, and it also, in a mindset that is r- r- high tide raises all boats, it gets students interested in cybersecurity careers. Mm-hmm. So that seven hundred thousand secure cybersecurity job number yeah.
0: Yeah. is mm-hmm. going to
2: go start going down. I like
0: that. Are you uh, are you making any dents in the in the dearth of?
2: Uh Folks in the industry, we we are we're absolutely making a, a dent in that. And our workforce efforts, because it got started here in northern Louisiana, we are one of the few communities that actually has a supply of students greater than the demand of cybersecurity jobs. Terrific. We're working mm-hmm. with companies. We we're we're really close on a couple of opportunities to bring mm-hmm. several hundred, if not over a thousand, cybersecurity jobs additional jobs to this wow. area yeah and our hook is that we have the supply. Louisiana mm-hmm. Tech is graduating two to 300 cybersecurity students each and every year. Right. Currently they have over 800. Grambling State University has the first cybersecurity undergraduate degree program in the country, mm-hmm. I'm sorry in the state uh, in our backyard mm-hmm. and then with LSUS and okay. the 15 uh, associate degrees at Bipsy, we're create we're creating a population of cyber literate individuals. That's awesome. that's
1: definitely one of our biggest concerns that that uh, leaders have here. When you try to invite industries to come to this area, they're like, "Well, where's where's your workforce? Where's your workforce." But if you're coming in cybersecurity, we have them.
2: We have them. Wow. Definitely. That's awesome. The you other know? the other piece uh, of the of the work that we're doing at the Cyber Innovation Center is through a partnership intermediary agreement with the Air Force with the Air Force Global Strike Command, mm-hmm. and in in layman terms what that is is that we have a a relationship with the air force where we can take their complex problems Mm -hmm. and create rapid prototyping on some of those challenges we essence we are the front door of air force global strike command for their innovation Mm -hmm. and we talk about this workforce when the Air Force has complex problems, they come to us because they know the caliber of students that yeah. we are generating, the caliber of uh, companies that are in our area because those companies are consuming yeah. mm-hmm. uh, our, our, our talent. And the Air Force has said we love being here because of that pool of talent mm-hmm. uh, that, that I was talking about earlier. Now, uh, this is fascinating stuff, really. I mean, who had the foresight to begin this? Craig Spawn, You know, Craig, it, who is the president of the Cyber Innovation Center, to me, had the vision, along with parish and city leadership, to acknowledge the Cyber Innovation Center as a key mm-hmm. important component of the work not only Barksdale Air Force Base is doing, but mm-hmm. for our community as an anchor to diversify that economic base. Remember, when Cyber Command was at Barksdale Air Force Base, it was a provisional Cyber Command. Mm -hmm. And through a handful of changes in in leadership, Cyber Command moved away. But we got Air Force Global Strike Command, which is a four-star major command that has a four-star general. And the impact with Air Force Global Strike Command Mm -hmm. is far greater than it would have ever been with a provisional cyber command yeah, no. assignment. And so our relationship with the CIO, with Air Force Global Strike Command, has evolved into supporting their nuclear mission. Wow, okay.
0: all impressive stuff, that's gonna, that- the, our time for today man yeah, we gotta have question. him
2: come back yeah <laughs> I was I
0: was, I, I was thinking just a couple minutes ago this could be a two-part show True. really yeah, yeah, this yeah, is man. really good stuff well, thanks Kevin, for absolutely me absolutely my yeah. pleasure great
1: work thanks for sticking around man and coming
0: out, really. yeah, so yeah thanks for staying at home right yeah I love being home <laughs> okay Kevin Knowlton from the Cyber Innovation Center good stuff and uh, thanks for joining us for this podcast of good to know Shreveport Bossier brought to you by the committee of 100 and KTVS TV Remember to tell everybody about it, and uh, we'll have new content every other Wednesday. And for more information, you can uh, check out GoodToKnowSB.com. So have a great day, and continue to make Shreveport Bossier the best it can be. And as usual, all of this is Good To Know. Have a good one, everybody.